welcome to You Need to See This, an every other weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Cozy Orlin, and I'm joined by my co-host... Bree Jones. We're comedians, writers, filmmakers, and we're lost Canadians. Oh, no. Uh, it's so sad. So true. Every episode, one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need this to see, see, that's a word, a specific film, and we do it all without any spoilers. Yes, true. It's it's true. Brie, how are you also? Um, I'm I'm good. I, uh, yeah, I, I feel, um, I'm hot. It's hot outside. And Very. Oh. Yeah, that's no fun, but um, it seems like Arizona has it worse, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, I've heard it's incredibly rough. Oof, not fun, yeah. not fun. How Oof. are you? I'm doing well, hanging out near my fans all the time. Uh, they're really great fans. Um, one of them, <laughs> one of them's a, a box fan on the ground. One of them's a standing fan, and they're just great fans. Yeah, are they all your biggest fans? They're my biggest fans that I have. I guess aside from the ceiling fan, which is technically the biggest fan I have, but it hasn't listened to the podcast in a while, so it's dead to me. Ooh, yeah, it doesn't support mm. the art. Yeah, not a good feeling. It's trying to trying to be AI. The fan is trying to be, I don't know where I'm going with this. I already don't like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it. We'll cut it. Just kidding. Thank uh, God. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can you can set up an AI to cut it. It'll be so much faster. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to actually like go back and just have AI uh, do the podcast for us. Perfect. Um, we'll, we'll just like feed it a prompt and say, I might have my, I might have my ceiling fan do the podcast. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be, uh, yeah, I feel like it'd be a little one-sided, um, but mm. I'm down to try it. Because yeah. if your fan doesn't support the podcast, um, I don't know how great they would be at hosting the podcast. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They'd be a little different. It might make it a little tough. Yeah, but it would be a lot cooler in here. Or yeah. not in here, I guess, because it's not in my apartment. So never no, mind. No, but cooler in here, meaning in the space of listening to this podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty cool in here, but it could be cooler if there was a giant fan. Yeah, we fixed the bit. It's true. Maybe. We pulled it off. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even use AI for it. How nice. How um, nice. So before we get started with this movie, uh, we actually have a We Saw It, which is very exciting. Eee. So yeah, uh, from you. Um, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I know that last episode we said that you, me, and Kara Myers were going to go see Romy and Michelle at Cinespia. But uh, you weren't feeling great, so instead Kara and I watched it at Cinespia while uh, you watched it at home. Yes. And, yeah, perfect. Um, and uh, and uh, with that said, please welcome back the one and only Kara Myers. Hi, Kara. Hi. Hi. So, Kara, I want to hear your thoughts on the screening and then Bree's thoughts on Romy and Michelle. Ugh. I loved it. Spoiler alert, perfect. 10 out of 10. Had a great time. <laughs> it's still a perfect movie. I couldn't have asked. Okay, I could have asked for one thing better. I think they could have had a better uh, photo booth, but you know, mm. had nothing to do with the movie. Um, yeah, I know last time we were talking about wondering what it was going to be, and it's a bummer that it let you down. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was anything extraordinary when it, they could have had so much more fun. Mm. Uh, the outfits people went all out and I genuinely like the movie held up so much it's been a minute since I'd seen it and you know for a movie that was made in the late 90s did it I wasn't fully sure if it would <laughs> and I really think it did oh yeah. fully agreed I love that people dressed up I was hoping that would happen oh yeah oh people dressed up yeah, it was it was, it was incredible. It there were also some outfits where I was like, that guy's gonna be wearing that to the Barbie premiere later. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, the pink, I feel like. Probably oh, yeah. a lot of pink dresses still. <laughs> yeah, it was a good combo. It was nice to see sort of all the angles on the characters, along with a lot of dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Adorable. Um, How did yeah. you like the screening, Cozy? I thought it was great. I thought it was super fun and uh, a fantastic time. I feel like such a great audience the whole time. It was very cool that Robin Schiff was there, even though I didn't get to see her. It was cool to see Mona, even though it was in the darkness for the uh, costume design. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just great to hear everybody laughing at everything. What a delight. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. To just experience something that is not in theaters anymore in a theatrical kind of way. Uh, yeah. That, that kind of full audience sound um, oh, makes completely. it that much more fun. <laughs> FOMO. Yeah. I have FOMO. Yeah. Understandable. Understandable. So tell us what you thought of the movie. Uh, I liked it. It was really fun and silly. And I really liked how uh, Romy and Michelle were like not they weren't like the they weren't popular in high school, but I liked mm -hmm. that there was like the establishment of like there is like sort of a hierarchy still of like, like you made my life hell, but I also made this person's life hell. And I was like, that's true. It's probably I didn't I don't know. I just like the way that they um, it didn't feel tropey to me at all, and no. and they're mm. just like such like I felt like well defined characters, both Romy and Michelle, and them as a pair, and everyone I, else in the movie. Yes, <laughs> I love when Heather finds out that she made Toby's life hell and she's like fan-fucking-tastic <laughs> yeah oh, yes and I was like yes yes uh so funny and yeah there's just a lot of like I don't know like there's the scene where um when she's like getting help from like the mechanic to get the to get the car oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Ramon my absolute favorite scene yeah so <laughs> funny um yeah I really liked it I thought I thought everyone was really funny. I definitely think uh, Heather was my favorite. Just yes. Like, Heather's so good. Yeah. Um, but I thought everyone was great in it. And like, uh, I really, I, I was trying to figure out what Romy's deal, like what her like voice was. Like, yeah. she's kind of like a surfer. I don't know. It was kind it's of like. It's so specific. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, I was like, is it Canadian? <laughs> Yeah, is that it? It's just can a Canadian trying to be a <laughs> California girl. <laughs> there were feelings of both of those. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't unlock it by the end of it. Honestly, <laughs> me neither. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out because it's funny because it's like a, you know clearly like I don't know if that was like uh, Mir's choice playing it <laughs> or if it was like a, like specifically a direction to be like you have this sort of like yeah it seemed kind of surfer California girl mm -hmm. kind of voice but Lisa Kudrow didn't do that so. Yeah. Funny. yeah it was like more surfer less valley somehow different parts of california <laughs> yeah. yeah i wish yeah. i could explain it with tucson i wish i could be like no that's the tucson accent everybody it's normal <laughs> yeah nope <laughs> nah i hopefully i don't have that accent <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i i think i like it went back to sort of i think what you all touched on when we recorded was just how it's a lot a lot of this movie is just sort of about being yourself um and I felt that like yeah. at the end at the beginning they did try to be somebody else at some point but realized like it's like people like them for who they are yeah gotta have that moral yeah. lesson in there mm -hmm. I like also even at the beginning I feel like like distinguishing between Romy and Michelle and Michelle was like I didn't think that we were losers in high mm -hmm. school I thought that was like beautiful because she's like 
I, we, we had each other and we had fun. Like that's all that matters. And it's like, yeah, yeah. that really is all that matters is like the people that you love who love you back. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck sort of the popularity contest. It's like I liked you a lot, and you're my best friend, and we're cool. I'm. I think you're cool, and you think I'm cool. So yeah. That was yeah. Yeah. It was really like much, very much like a friendship movie, and just kind of like two people who are unabashedly themselves, and it, but also like super like funny and absurd and silly sometimes. Um, oh my god. Yeah. I thought it was good. I, and I definitely agree that it felt like, you know, having not seen this before, but like it, it held up. There wasn't really anything that was like, like problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite scene? <laughs> um. Well, honestly, the whole, uh, the whole ending when they get to the reading, like the kind of fantasy sequence. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. The fantasy was insane. <laughs> Can, now that we've all seen it, are we allowed to like talk about actual moments in oh, the movie? We still shouldn't spoil it just because the audience still hasn't okay. seen it, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. But that yeah. is a great question. Um, well, then, then never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fantasy just, sequence is incredible. It's just truly insane. <laughs> it's so good, yeah. And just the entire—I mean, and it, it really did kind of catch me off guard. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did not know that that's what it was. I was like, oh yeah, this is what's happening. And then it, it takes a minute, and then you're like, oh okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and I also my favorite moment might have been—I think it was when Heather was like watching. Uh, the what was the the bully like the she was like the the popular girl christy um, masterson yes christy, christy masters masters Chris, it's, christy it's, masters oh it's yes when she was like up up on stage like uh like she's just dribbling water yeah. out of her mouth <laughs> she's like mocking her yes in the so beard just kind of like sloshes down her face and onto her shirt it was like i cracked up yeah, oh, that's so such funny. that's like such a perfect level of commitment for mocking something. Like that's further uh -huh. than I would go because in the end you still have to deal with beer all over yourself. And you're like, no, it was worth it to make fun of somebody. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it, good. It was such a like a good choice because to me it felt like she couldn't help but make fun of her. So it was like she meant to take a swig of beer and then in yeah, the moment she was just like, ah, bah, 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 bah. oh, that's <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> uh, and it was really funny. And um, yeah, I liked how Justin Thoreau had like. A very small part in this, but it's oh, like just the throw. <laughs> yeah, I truly had no idea he was in this movie. And then when I did the rewatch, I was like, oh, I've always kind of been so-so about that actor, but now I have to like him because he was in this. Yeah. <laughs> These are the rules. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and I just love how I love how it all ended. Um yeah. yeah. And at the end, they're there for each other. And I think yeah. that's beautiful. So nice. Oh, well, I'm glad that we can be friends now because if you didn't like it, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that that's uh, that that was sort of the deal breaker for friendship and I've passed. So <laughs> we're officially friends. And you know, it made me want to see, and I know it has nothing to do with Barbie, but I think the outfits kind of made me psyched for seeing oh, Barbie. Of course. As someone who saw Barbie last night, it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah. so good. It really is not what you're expecting. So I don't want to tell you anything, but I did write this in like a group chat that I'm in with Cozy and it's not a spoiler. So I feel okay saying it, but <laughs> there are a lot of like, we're just really well-written jokes. And I was clearly in a theater that was like a little younger. <laughs> and there was this Zack Snyder joke that truly destroyed me. I mm. like, 
out loud cackled and only like three other people in the theater also got it and also out loud cackled and I was like oh man if I were in a theater with all of my other like comedy friends yes the loudest laugh of the night (laughs) Um, and it's 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 good but you will leave feeling some type of way I definitely left feeling. oh that's good some real feels I'm like oh okay like it's really good though oh I love to hear that that's a treat that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kara, so much for joining us for the We Saw It follow-up. Yes, of thank course. you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching. Thanks for liking. <laughs> yes. Yes. And now we can be friends. So that's exactly. like a really good ending to this. <laughs> wow. Friendship. Friendship. And that is what the movie wanted the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. And now like it's cool because we'll I'll see you in person because I haven't actually met you in person. This is true. <laughs> so like we've established sort of like uh, an online friendship and whenever I meet you uh, it'll we'll have like a common yeah a commonality perfect amazing oh perfect thank you both thank yeah, you yeah thanks so much super appreciated and have a good one right. <laughs> yeah bye both of you have a good rest of your Saturday bye, bye you too <laughs> oh incredible okay so today we're going to be talking about the 2016 French very French farcical physical comedy lost in paris and brie you need to see this okay never heard of it that's very exciting okay good yeah i feel like a lot of people didn't hear about this one no Um, yeah and uh and it's like on concept it's been on my list for a while but i had forgotten the name so uh i was never able to execute until it just magically came back to me uh like a month ago (laughs) that's great i'm glad it came back to you because that is very frustrating when you like have uh, you can like picture it in your head, but you just don't have like any sense of the title to be able to even like look it up or like cast or anything. Yeah, I was like, I know it has Paris in the name and I know that the main person is a specific type of person, but I couldn't I didn't know who she was because she's uh, well, you're going to find out who she is, but um, I didn't know who she was uh, name wise. OK, I just knew who she reminded me of and that was not cutting it because I was like, was it her? Was it that person? And it wasn't. So anyway. Mm. All right. So let me give you a synopsis of Lost in Paris. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, So Fiona, a librarian in, in a snowy Canadian town, gets a letter from her aunt Martha, who moved to Paris when Fiona was little. In this letter, Martha asked Fiona to come to Paris and save her from people who are trying to put her in a retirement home. Mm. Oh no. When Fiona goes to Paris, she searches for her aunt and an unhoused man named Dom finds both of them at different times and very farcical hilarity ensues. Okay. Um, Okay. So wait, so she goes to Paris and then you said it, just an unhoused person finds them. Is that what you said? Uh, Finds her, Uh, finds both of them at different times. So um, an unhoused man finds Fiona um, at, uh, right after she's like sort of gotten into a little bit of trouble. And at other points during the movie, that same unhoused man named Dom uh, finds her aunt uh, Martha. Okay. Uh, and are you allowed to say if that if it was intentional for him to find the aunt Martha? Uh, definitely unintentional. I think that all of the meetings in this are pretty unintentional. It's very it's it's such a farcy kind of thing where you're just like, oh, I wasn't like nobody was expecting that to happen. Right. It was just coincidence. Yeah, just endless coincidences in this movie. Got and it. A, like a lot of near misses, a lot of almost like moments where she almost sees her aunt, moments where she like just misses her, things like that. 
Got it. Yes, the the exits one door while the ant goes through the the other yeah, door. Yeah, it and... has the feeling of that without having as many doors in it because it's so <laughs> like external Paris feeling. Yes. Okay. But yeah, definitely, definitely from that feeling and from that world. Got it. Okay. So because I think that's yeah, that's what I wanted to clarify because I was like, okay, does this man like you know, is like, oh, I know how to find this person and then sort of like helps reconnect. But no, I think that's that's great. That, that yeah. it's all just sort of absurd, absurd, fi- like just coincidences. Exactly. And it's like, there's truly this moment where I was when when I was writing the um, synopsis and I was like, oh, this this guy doesn't really make sense in this movie at all. He's just total coincidence, but he's the one of the three main characters. So I kind of like, I have to talk about him, but I realized that it's it's hard to explain how he's in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it is so just coincidental. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, and this movie is written and directed by the award-winning writing, directing, acting team Abel and Gordon, aka Dominique Abel and uh, Fiona Gordon. Okay. Do you have you heard of these people? I've heard. I don't I recognize like any of their work, but I I've heard Abel and Gordon, but I don't know that I know their work. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, good. This is exciting then, because I hadn't heard of them at all before this, and um, and I looked up the re- uh, a lot of information about them, and it's adorable. Uh, um, okay. Uh, they uh, they met in the eighties at the uh, Jacques Lecoq School of Theater and Movement in Paris. They mm-hmm. come from the worlds of clown and mime and burlesque and live theater, and they're that. married. Aww. <laughs> yep. They formed a production company called Courage Mon Amour. Very sweet. Um, they made Walking on the Wild Side, uh, Le Iceberg, uh, Roomba, and The Fairy. And they played characters named Dom and Fiona in all of their movies, and they're adorable. Oh, interesting. I have not seen, I don't think I've actually heard of any of these, but I feel like I've heard the name. Perfect. Gordon, or maybe it's just, it's like one of those cute duo names that just sounds like it's it's something everyone should know yeah it's got that feeling to it but you know they've been doing it for a bit now so i I wouldn't be surprised and you know they've done they've gotten some some love at various film festivals and things like that okay and uh they used to do like live theater things that seemed to catch on really well so yeah it's a good backstory and they do a really good job delivering on that by being adorable. <laughs> Aww, yeah, I love I love like when there's yeah a, a, like a couple that is you know collaborators also. Yeah, it's a real treat. It's a real treat, especially when they're on screen collaborating collaborating because then you can kind of feel their chemistry in a nice way. Cute, and that's hard. I mean, I feel like that's it's always you know I, that must be so difficult to be on the same page creatively and also romantically. So yeah, it's really and it's so nice because it seems like they've been together for such a long time, and you can still tell that they're very playful and cute and great. So Aww. yeah, I watched a bunch of interviews with them, and it was fun. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and then I watched little clips from their old stuff, and and just sort of got a sense of who they were as like. Um, uh appreciators of movement i guess mm-hmm. is a way of putting it <laughs> okay and yeah, uh my background is interesting and like clown i think that's that's really cool that probably brings a lot of playfulness to their work yeah and it very much informs it and it very much has that feeling of like the french comedy thing um in a wonderful way uh but i'll get to that later too uh so this movie stars, as I said, Fiona Gordon and Dominique Abel, or Abel, or however we want to pronounce it Frenchly. Um, <laughs> uh, Fiona plays Fiona, uh, Dominique plays Dom, uh, and Emmanuel Riva plays Fiona's Aunt Martha. 
Okay. Uh, it looks like Emmanuel Riva had a, a celebrated career as an actress. She did some big things in the 60s, like Hiroshima, Mon Amour, and Therese, or Therese. Uh, I think she played the main character's mother in Three Colors Blue, so you've seen her. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like, a, yeah, like a, a seasoned actress, actor. Yeah, definitely. And I think she she sadly passed away about uh, like a couple months before this one came out. Ah. Uh... Yeah, bummer town, but um, but so it goes. It sounds like she she really she it seemed like she had a really great and fascinating career. So if yeah. I were more, yeah, lived a good long life with a lot of accomplishments. Yeah, and if I were more up on sort of French cinema, then I would be like, oh my god, from the sixties. <laughs> yeah, and and she plays like because she's going into or she's trying to stop being from being put in a in a home right so yeah she's, exactly. she's, she's pretty old like i guess elderly like in the movie i would guess oh 100 percent. and she's having the most fun on screen and it's a delight to see okay great yeah so it sounds like yeah i mean sad that she passed away but sounds like yeah. you know lived a good life yeah it sounds like she didn't really get to do a lot of comedies and got pigeonholed so it's nice that she ended up getting to do a comedy before she died oh yeah that's great yeah. And um, a guy named Pierre Richard is also in this film as uh, as Norman, uh, who is a friend of hers, basically. Okay. And the actor's full name is actually Pierre Richard Maurice Charles Leopold de Fay. <laughs> wow. Yep. I only remember Pierre. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. That's good enough. Uh, he's apparently a sort of like a renowned French actor, writer, director who made a ton of legendary French like French farces for decades. Mm also the 60s and uh including him in this really feels like an homage to far to like uh to farce movies and things like that okay and a very fun thing to me is that he made a movie called the tall blonde man with one black shoe which was remade in america as the man with one red shoe starring 80s tom hanks what a comedy central classic <laughs> Wow. So that's so okay. So it's based off of the wow. Yeah, and that's fun. And I yeah. I almost did that movie for the podcast, the uh the the American remake, but it doesn't really hold up incredibly well. Oh bummer. Yeah, it's got some problems, some some Belushi stuff and some problems and some weirdness. And it's just like it, it's just not I don't know. I remember it being incredible and then I rewatched and I was like, this is okay. Yeah, not not podcast worthy. No, it's like little nostalgia feelings, but not much else. Uh, bummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the info on the movie. Really not a lot of other characters in it. And uh, I first saw this movie in a theater in Tucson with my mom when I was visiting home. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when I visit my mom, we go see a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. I, uh, how old were you when you saw it? Oh, this was this was like 2016, 2017, something like that. So it's pretty recent, semi-recent. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. I love that that you go back home and you see movies with your mom. Yeah, it's fun and and it's a nice way to escape the heat. And I was like, I think back then I was just like, sure, I'll see a French comedy with my mom. That sounds great. And we yeah. both were like, wow, this is so unique and super silly. Yeah. Um, and when did this come out again? It was this uh, this one was from 2016. I'm not sure about the American release. It might have been 2017 or something. Who knows? Got it. OK, so, yeah, so it's it sounds like you also saw it not, not long after it came out then. Yeah, it was like it was definitely in theaters. Got it. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so what are your first impressions so far? Um, I, it sounds it sounds cute. Uh, I I feel like I I would like to. Yeah, I think I'm not sure a hundred percent. Totally. But I I mean, it sounds yeah, it sounds cute. It sounds um, I like the the fact that the background of the the writer directors. Um, so it sounds like it would have like a fun playfulness to it, and I mean, it sounds silly and funny. Uh, mm-hmm at least broadly, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear more about it. Wonderful. That's a good place to be for it, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll go into the five reasons why you should definitely watch Lost in Paris. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, this movie, first of all, has lots of like small clowny physical comedy. And I I, I, I don't know if, I, I maybe it's like, subtle but it's maybe more small than subtle i don't know it's hard to tell the difference sometimes but it's 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 not like oh my god an elephant's about to fall on this person it's more like oh this person's having trouble getting through a door or like a doorway okay so it's like these farcical situations that focus on physicality um and you just sort of watch this like the situation and watch how they get out of it a little bit okay fun yeah so like a bunch of the clowning kind of going into like visual gags and yeah, and it's like small, small, small visual gags. So it's like at the beginning of the movie, they're in Canada and um, they're like in a they're in this little tiny library in this icy, snowy town. And the moment she like opens the uh, door or the moment somebody opens the door, um, everybody else in there is like blown away by the wind. And it's like there's all this ice and snow coming <laughs> in and they're just like blown away and then non blown away. And and it's it's clearly very like practical effects feeling, you know? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's great. It has like a lot of control to it. And it's very clear in it that these, that like both of these people are inspired by Chaplin and French clowning and dance. Mm. Um, And yeah, there's like, there's like a situation on a ladder where you're like, oh my God, are they going to fall from this ladder? And like, just like it's, it's, it has detail work that's great. So yeah, it's it's it feel you can feel the physicality, but it's not so overwhelming that it feels like broad or silly. Okay. And I think that's the key. It's like I would say that Dom is being somewhat silly in it. He's, you know, he's doing the um like the Chaplin, you know, uh trope that everybody loves uh, of sort of physical silliness while everybody else and it's being like I'm responding realistically and I'm upset that you're doing this and oh my goodness, sir, you're not allowed to dine here and blah blah blah. Got it. Okay. That's fun. Yeah, he's like a, a nice little agent of chaos feeling guy, I would say. Yeah, it sounds like a good balance. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, and I really uh, think that like the other character, the uh, really the main character in it is is the one I want to talk about. And that's my second reason. Um, Fiona in it is fantastic. She's She's like not like anyone that you've ever seen before for the most part um she's like a tall skinny nerdy red-headed canadian character being played by tilda swinton okay like i thought it was tilda swinton when i first saw it but n- that's not entirely true i just remember her as tilda swinton and then i realized i was wrong <laughs> oh okay well i'm, I'm seeing a, a photo now and it does look like tilda swinton like- yeah she's kind of got a little bit of that look um in, in in i don't know the facial structure somehow something like that yeah i see it nice yeah it's it's um but she's her own awesome person and she's really good in it and very specific and really easy to root for 
Oh, yeah. I like this. Um, Just based off of the photo, this big bag she's carrying around. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. That's the physical comedy already. It's like, oh, you have a giant bag and you like stand out in this specific way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, is there any situation that isn't spoilery that she gets into that like made you specifically like like her? Is it just in general her her way of? Uh, reacting to the situation i think it was from the moment i saw her i was like this person is not one of your standard like hollywood main characters yeah yeah like she stands out in such a great way and um and it's really it's really nice it was just nice to see i was like oh cool this is a character i can be excited about instead of kind of bored with with the traditional hollywood blah 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 thing of it all right yeah it looks like yeah not not like a hollywood um like a list kind of beautiful person just like a normal person you know yeah she's not she's not over the top she's more specific and yeah. um and i think that she knows how to use that incredibly well with her background of like of movement and dance and stuff like that so mm-hmm. she's like aware of her tallness and aware of her specificity and she really um just i don't know she 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 makes you care about her a lot very very quickly oh good yeah, and I mean, there's this vulnerability of going to a place that you've never been before. Like, I think it seems like she spent her whole life in this tiny Canadian, like, snowy town. And she's finally going to Paris, like uh, like she dreamed about when she was a kid because her aunt went. So she's like, I'm going to go to this place I've never been before. And I'm very Canadian and polite. And I hope everything is okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's like you kind of get the point of view of somebody who's going on this sort of grand adventure yeah exactly and she sort of she has a little bit of french to her in terms she speaks a little tiny bit but she's not like incredible at speaking french so that adds to the vulnerability feeling yeah um is there i have a question just because he said she has a dance background is there dancing in this there is a little bit of really really great dancing in this um and then there's also a little bit of very very specific um I don't even, I guess you could call it a dance sequence. It's only with feet. Mm. So there's like this very incredibly specific, like focused feet related dance sequence between two people on a bench. Um, but uh, outside of that, there is like an incredible, like Argentinian tango style dance sequence that I didn't even realize, like, because I've taken Argentinian tango dance classes, I actually was like, oh, I recognize this dance style which is not a thing I could ever say about anything for the most part. Interesting. Also, yeah, fun fact about you that I did not know until now. (laughs) I know, right? It doesn't show up very often and it's been a long time for me since I've done it. But I was like, oh, that's they're they're moving their legs in that specific way. And it's very like close and focused and drawn together. And it's of course, it's between Fiona and Dom. And um, it's it's such a it's it's the moment that they meet. And it's so strange, but really funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it has such a great sense of humor to it because they're like, they're dancing around this restaurant where no one else is dancing. And uh, he's asked every single person in the restaurant to dance. And they've all been like, uh, you're an unhoused person and I'm uncomfortable around you. Uh... And she just sort of doesn't say that fast enough. So he immediately picks her up and they're suddenly dancing and it the the way that he focuses and leads makes it really feel like it's just a different situation very quickly mm-hmm. oh so yeah it's like it's like 
uh, yeah, different situation, I guess. More, uh, if you made other people like uncomfortable and they all left, it seemed like it was <laughs> supposed to be <laughs> like. Yeah, it was like it. It all made it all made sense in such a great way and uh, was really fun because it's like their families dining around them. And like so many people just in other situations. And he like he like goes up to the little girl's mom. Um, there's like a mom and a dad and a little girl, and he goes up to the mom and is like, Do you want to dance? Just she's sitting and eating dinner. And she's like, mm -hmm. uh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, and just a bunch of other like he has three people in the same party to dance, but only the women. It's very, it's it's very uh, yeah, he's like an agent of chaos in it. Yeah, I love that. And it's also just like in some level, yeah, it speaks to like you know, people being a, like the, the sort of the uh, unfortunate way people act around unhoused people when it's like they might, yeah. like he just wanted to dance. They assume they assume make us their assumptions about people. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's such a it's such a strange thing in general, I should say, to like to watch a modern movie about a Charlie Chaplin Chaplin style, like unhoused character um, and see if they're treating it with like what level of sensitivity they're treating it with compared to like the 1920s or earlier or whatever whenever those were made <laughs> right and how even just how much of a living an unhoused lifestyle is probably how that has changed over the years too completely it's it's you know it's it very much is a french movie in that you probably wouldn't see a lot of american movies that really really focus on an unhoused character uh as a comedy these days and if you did you'd be like oh no that's probably going to be bad yeah yeah that's a it seems like it would be touchy territory to get into but then it almost like ends up being like you get the opposite which is also not good where it's almost like yeah a, i'm trying to think of the word but it's 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 sort of like this um like tragedy porn somehow tragedy porn yes exactly that's what i was trying to think i was like where they're just like oh isn't this sad and we can't do anything about it but it's sad though and it makes you sad so yeah and in this one i'm like yeah they're you know uh unhoused people are allowed to have joy too and like be represented having joy and and like that i would say that this is like the silly version of that where it's not like oh this is a realistic portrait of that it's more like oh this is a comedy and and it doesn't feel like tragedy in any way Right. Uh, but it, yeah, highlights kind of, yeah, going back to the sort of Chaplin-esque films of like, yeah, of, fully. yeah, there's, it's lighthearted and, and there's, yeah, multiple dimensions to being uh, any type of person. Yeah. And it's very French. <laughs> and very French. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the third reason why I think people should see Lost in Paris is that it's very well shot and very stylized and intentional. Um, it's not like Wes Anderson, but there are aspects that make me think of Wes Anderson to some extent. And mm -hmm. there is also some great like color control in it. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, just even from like the little picture, the images I've just seen. Yeah. Yes. I like the, the, the splashes of color and like the contrast of like, even her, she's like wearing like a green, uh, sweater or dress or something. And then she's got like a red bag. Yeah, exactly. It's just a very, very visual movie. Yeah. And you can tell that it was made by people who understand visuals and like really, really prioritize those over speaking and like over um, anything else. So yeah, farcical, yeah. but still beautiful and like, comp uh, well, like good compositions. And that's a great way to put it. Absolutely.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they blend it in such a way where it doesn't feel just like, oh, this is a silly movie. It's also like, oh, this is a movie that brings you in. Yeah, it feels cinematic. Yes, very much so. Um, and uh, the fourth reason is that things are brought back um, in a really nice and economical way in this movie. Like it presents as a very loose and flowy feeling thing, but there's a lot of secret intelligence to its architecture in a fun and surprising way. Hmm. Uh, what do you, uh, can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, I think I can. Um, there's a moment where, um, uh, a character is bought three bottles of champagne, but, um, they end up in the water and later in the movie, three bottles of champagne come back in the water and make a difference in the movie. Oh, things like that. And there are so many more too. It's like, um, a character loses their phone and then later the phone matters. Like everything like that, nothing is dropped. Okay. So yeah, it seems like things that might not necessarily like seem important at the time, but then they all kind of uh, come back in the end. Yeah. And also the architecture of it is like that, where you like see a scene and then you see a scene later and you understood why you see the same scene later again and you understand why it was happening because it was from a different angle or you see the context of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, because everything is a coincidence in it, it is so not a linear movie in that way. Yeah, that's interesting too. I like what even just what you just said about like kind of going back to the same scene, but seeing it from a different point of view and like you notice something different because you're like at a, you know, in a different angle and it's something that like it makes you go, ah. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe another way of saying it is it's like, you know, in some ways there are elements of dance in in that it's meant to look flowy and natural, but it secretly has so much going on behind it. It's choreographed. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like a well core. It's so well choreographed to the point where it feels flowy and loose. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was glad that they were able to preserve that and and create that feeling. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another movie that did that, like the whole <laughs> we do the same scene and and kind of reveal something different about it. Yeah, like the Rashomon feeling or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little. There's like a little teeny tiny bit of that, but again, it, it's not like the focus of it. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah. And there's also one other dance sequence that I forgot about that's very specific too. Anyway, lots to look forward to. Yeah. And um, my fifth reason for uh, why you should definitely check this out is that it's really charming and adorable. <laughs> Aww. Uh, I know, right? It wasn't exactly like laugh out loud funny on the second viewing, but it's very mm-hmm. French and delightful. And after knowing the backstory of the creators, you know, you feel it even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, just everything you've described so far, it sounds like cute and adorable and like funny in in a way that isn't, that's like kind of genuine, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's It's got like a, a lot of genuine feeling to it and um, and like whimsy to it. Whimsy, yes. <laughs> whimsy dance. Exactly. And uh, my, my bonus reason for that is, or for this one, is that, of course, it's French and my time in Paris makes me love almost all French movies and mm. makes me feel like people should go and see them. <laughs> yeah. How long did you live there again? Uh, I was there for five months, five months. Uh, in fourth grade. And there's this moment where she, uh, where Fiona first gets to Paris. Um, and in, in Paris, there are these little black metal fountain things where it's like a pedestal and then four little statues of women um, in like a circle sort of holding another pedestal above them. 
mm. uh, on their heads or arms or whatever. And that's the cover. And when she gets there, she sticks her head between two of the women to drink from the like the water stream in there. And I really, really clearly and remember, like I viscerally remember doing that as a kid, just like pushing my face through to drink the water, even though I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sounds, yeah, like a good like specific moment that like, I guess, yeah, made you nostalgic for for friends. Yeah, it really it really just felt it brought me back. It just really, really brought me back to like nighttime in Paris with my parents and just not knowing not really. I didn't like it there, but mm. um, that was a moment that I found fun. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I've never been uh, to Paris um I still haven't been international yet actually but I feel like Ooh. yeah but I feel like Paris is one of those you know it's just so romanticized and everything um and like movies like this make it feel so I don't know fun and whimsical and yeah exactly um, and then you go there and it's full of pigeons and smoking and <laughs> yeah pigeons and graffiti smoking. and all that yeah and it's like this is different it's it feels like a city you know it's very it very much feels like a city in a lot of ways Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 just the French filmmaking makes it seem sort of like this. Yeah, it kind of like leads into the. It it just like heightens the what you already feel is like what Paris is and romantic and yeah, um, exactly right. But it's basically any other metropolis. <laughs> yeah, it's like it has a New Yorky kind of feel to it in a lot of ways, and it, it it's they showed a sub like a metro or subway map or whatever, and it's just like an endless sort of thing of so many subways yeah and i remember Imagine they all smelled cafes. yeah definitely great cafes a lot of um you know pastries in every window and uh and i remember there were a lot of like porno magazines on every street corner <laughs> Ooh, yeah but, or, or, or maybe not even to that degree it was just like it's france so the relaxed sort of feeling on nudity was there so mm -hmm. I was like walking by all these newsstands like you'd see in New York and um, and it was just like just straight up nudity. And I'm like, OK, I'm in fourth grade. I'm learning about this stuff right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that there's definitely uh, a, a, a real shame about nudity in America for sure. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and then I was yeah. And then I was like watching TV and they straight up had a news segment where they went into the dressing rooms of like can can um, shows and there were just a bunch of naked women. And I was like, this is the news. What are we doing? <laughs> what? Wow. I was like, wow, I love this news. Great news. <laughs> yeah. I you're like, I really like the news. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm learning a lot about current events right now as a child. <laughs> uh, that's great yeah it's was, it was, uh strange times uh, a very specific five months i'll say that much yeah that sounds fun it's a especially as like experiencing that so young yeah oh my god absolutely so uh so what do you think are you convinced are you not convinced i think i'm convinced yeah it sounds cute um i'd watch it wonderful that seems like that's about the way to do it i would say yeah i don't think i'm like I wouldn't like, I'm not like, oh my God, I have to see that. But I think I, yeah, I'm curious. And it sounds, it sounds like just adorable and fun. And, and just, it seems like it would just be like a joyous kind of movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's not top of my list, but it's definitely on my list after rewatching it. And I was like, yeah, I'm excited about, I, I'm very happy to talk about this. Mostly so people see the the two writer, director, actors in it because they're just adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that part too, I think it's also like a good, that was a good background to just 
because it's just always fun to see people who have like you know chemistry in their relationship also have chemistry on screen and yeah especially dance chemistry it's really it's it's very much this feeling of like opposites semi-attract semi-not-attract this feeling of like oh get away from me oh wow i'm magnetically drawn to you mm-hmm. it has that feeling throughout it okay yeah and i de- definitely the the main uh fiona sounds like yeah just a, a likable uh character that you can root for um who gets into yeah these sort of silly situations oh it's great <laughs> yeah i'm convinced oh wonderful fantastic fantastic oh i'm so happy to hear that um yay, yay. uh audience have you seen lost in paris follow us on facebook and twitter at need to see pod and on instagram at you need to see this podcast and let us know your thoughts and join the Facebook group and tell us some other movies that we need to see. Yes, please. Oh, wonderful. Um, so, Brie, do you have any recommendations? Yes, I do. Um, so my recommendation is uh, sort of uh, with the strikes happening, I think it's important to support uh, independent filmmakers. Yes. Um, yeah, to uh, kind of, you know, maybe show the those movies are great as well and get away from sort of the big studio system, the greedy studio system. Um, and I actually went to the LA shorts, uh, festival. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And I saw like a block of short films cause I had a, a friend who had like a small part in one of the, one of the films and, mm. and it was really good. And yeah. So my recommendation is to just get out to a film festival. Um, if you can for like independent, uh like shorts especially uh just i was really inspired after watching a lot of these shorts um and just a lot of really like it gave me hope i don't know i feel like oh that's the best yeah and there's a lot like right now too there's a lot of sort of i think fear in the industry right now and with a lot of people not able to work and i don't know it just was inspiring yeah and a lot of big ceiling fans trying to get into ai exactly it's terrifying (laughs) there we go we did it (laughs) we circular like a seal yes Um, yes uh well that sounds super fun that sounds like a great time and yeah i definitely echo that it's important to support independent film and film festivals are a great time i feel like every time i go to a film festival um it's pretty rare but when i do go to them if I'm if I'm attached to it, I'm my brain is in a specific place. And if I'm not in it, then I'm seeing it for like one or two people. I've never been to a film festival where I'm like, I'm here to see a lot of movies this weekend and like talk to a bunch of people. But that always seems like a cool thing. Yeah, I definitely wish I had uh, kind of socialize a little bit more but I did like approach some of the directors and I was like if I really liked their film I was like you know like talking to them more about it and yeah that's good yeah and it's just like a unique opportunity to connect with another like creative who um yeah I don't know like there was like the first film short film I remember I like ended up in tears at the end of it and I was like what oh the best yeah how did that happen to me in 10 minutes but it did and (laughs) you just kind of connect I feel like on a more uh, intimate level when you're at a festival and it's like you know that these people are are independent creatives and um, yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense it's a good feeling it's nice to it's nice to be to realize that there are people in the trenches with us in a specific way a hundred percent and also like you were saying too it, I think I mean I went because I knew somebody in a short film but yeah I feel like it's a, a good point to just it's like more people need to just go to festivals to be an audience member yeah, and it's also like 
Oh, yawning. Uh, it's also such a different type of crowd than we're used to because it doesn't feel like a bunch of comedy people. It feels like a bunch of people uh, in a different aspect of the creative world. And it's easy to forget that we're in a specific comedy bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was interesting, too, because I it also made reminded me that like in our comedy bubble, like we don't always have to be in the comedy bubble. Cause exactly. One of the first, one of the, yeah, the first short actually that made me cry was like a dark comedy. Um, Ooh. But it had, it was like, it was sad. Like there's a lot of sadness to it, but the per the director has like a background in sketch comedy too. So. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, I don't have, like we're on, we're not in a box. We can explore other avenues and it was a good reminder. That's good. Oh, wait, now I should ask, who was the director? Do I know him? Is this a uh, sketch guy? Uh, it was a woman. Uh, her name. Nice. Sarah, I don't remember her last name. Um, let me see. The short film was called The Hangman. Oh yeah, okay. I've yeah, I know you're. I know what you're talking about. That has been, um, uh, pro that's been promoted to me on Facebook. Okay, I think I had seen it on Facebook too. After when I was watching it, I was like, I've seen this somewhere, and it was somebody who must have just no, you know, a friend of a friend or something. Yeah, I think I know someone who's attached to that, though I don't remember the name of it specifically. I'm like, oh yeah, so that's good to hear. Yeah. I'm glad it was I'm glad it's good. I'm glad I'm not um glad I'm supporting a thing that's good on Facebook. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was it was very good and it was it was sad and it was had like a lot of these had like personal connections to to their lives and and this one especially um uh but yeah, I mean it was a good mix like a lot of like there was comedy, there was drama, there was one that was like kind of uh uh, I guess, yeah, kind of a mix or like kind of had a horror element to it also. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So it was like a good batch of films and uh, every one of them, there was something to take out of it. So nice. Oh, yeah. Sarah, Sarah Rodenbaugh. There we go. Yes. Okay. And Kelsey Goldberg's the one who invited me to it. So she must be involved in that in some way, too. Fellow fellow pack person, Sarah, uh, Kelsey Goldberg. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's probably where I saw it, too. I think maybe I'd seen because I know she produces stuff. So, yeah, that must be it then. Oh, she's on the team. Um, yeah. Um, Incredible. What about you, Cozy? Uh, I, my suggestion. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've given this one before. I may have. Who knows? Um, yeah, My suggestion to is to wait. What's up? Oh, I just said it's hard to remember sometimes if I've already given really a suggestion. <laughs> it's so, so, so tough. I'm always like, the more specific I can make it, the better. But sometimes I just have to be general. Mm -hmm. um, and my suggestion, my recommendation is to take risks. Ooh, okay. Uh, yes, I'm doing something tomorrow that I think is cute and creative for a Zoom date. And uh, yes, I'm still going on a Zoom date. I know it's weird to hear that in this day and age um special circumstances <laughs> um mm. uh and it'll either be a thing that i do that is fun or cute and make someone happy or it'll crash and burn terribly and i'll be very awkward and embarrassed about something cringy so i hope that um that that she likes it and thinks it's cute and creative because she is cute and creative so hopefully Aww. it's the, the right audience for it uh can i ask what you're doing or is it are you trying to keep it secret until you know how it goes <laughs> um that's a that's a good question um i think since i'm doing it tomorrow and this won't come out until after tomorrow this blows people's minds um uh how <laughs> oh, that doesn't seem time um what uh yeah i feel like um basically um so i've been on like one zoom date before mm -hmm. and 
on it, uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll make something really fun and interesting. Um, I'm going to get a bunch of Zoom backgrounds together and um, create like a little fun story while we're on our date. Mm. Uh, and I tried it and it was awful and it crashed and burned horribly. You could tell she like lost interest like halfway through it. Uh, and so I was like, that's a bummer. But then I told a lot of people about it and I, they were like, no, she was just the wrong person for it. That's awesome. You sound incredible. That's such an adorable thing. I'd be so happy if someone did that. So I was like, I'm going to do that with this person. I'm going to do a totally different, different type of Zoom date with a bunch of different Zoom backgrounds and a different story. And uh, hopefully this person will like it. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank like, you. And it's even more, yeah, like to the taking a risk thing feels even more uh, relevant to knowing that you've tried it before and it didn't work. Exactly. Yeah. It's truly like, I hope I learned things from this instead of just not to to not do it, basically. <laughs> Yeah. And so like, I guess I'm curious of how that works. I've never been a, been on a Zoom date, but like, would you just put a background up and then have like a story that you kind of like naturally have a conversation about as part of the dating? Yeah, it's more like it's more like situations. So it's like, oh, we're at a cafe. Oh, we're at like, uh, you know, we're in a we're in like a, a field of flowers. Oh, we're like, oh, we're at a park mm. bench. Let's talk for a while. You know, like I'm trying to build natural stops into it. So there Got are moments it. where we can stop and talk. And then other moments where it's like, oh, this is happening. We better go. Okay, that's fun. And that feels so like, honestly, like perfect for you as like an improviser. <laughs> right? I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah, that's fun. I think that's a, yeah, that's definitely a bold, bold move. But I think like, like <laughs> the other people who say, who said the same thing to you, I agree. Like if, if like, that's a really cool idea. And if somebody, you know, is a good match for you, they'll appreciate it. Yeah, I really hope so. And this person's like an artist and an an illustrator and an animator with like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of improv in the background and all this stuff. So I, I you know, we've been talking for like over a month at this point. So um, I think it'll work. Fingers Yay. crossed. Fingers but crossed. Yeah, we haven't seen each other in person yet. It's all been texting and a phone call. And so now tomorrow is Zoom date. Ah, okay. I'm really excited. I'm bad at playing it cool. <laughs> no I'm excited for you thank uh, you oh yeah I hope, I, hope, I hope it's great right after this I'm gonna build some more zoom backgrounds <laughs> exciting oh thank you fingers so crossed okay um plugs plugs any plugs <laughs> uh let's see um okay so actually yes one plug um August 13th is the final bounce house show wow goodness gracious the last bounce house we are no longer a team um we're doing a best of so it'll be all of our best sketches and oh. people should come that's 9 p.m at the pack or amazing broadwater <laughs> well congratulations yeah. on an excellent run yeah it was a good run um and and you know new friends made along the way and we all like each other a lot so hopefully oh, we'll good. do more we've talked about doing like indie shows together because we yes. all really bonded so i think we're gonna still still work together oh wonderful yeah um and i think that's it for now uh how about you uh well i'm doing an indie show that happens to have another pack sketch team on it Ooh. uh yes on august 7th um i've got crash this amateur magic the gathering tournament mm, fun that uh, could be we'll see what happens uh we'll have sketch from uh i guess now former pack theater house sketch team night coffee Mm. Or maybe like they got put into different groups. I don't really know what the story is, but I, I know that they're playing our show. So 
Nice. Yeah, I think Night Coffee is also probably, I think their final show is has happened or will happen soon. Yeah, feels about right. Well, I'm, I'm glad they're playing the show on August 7th. I'm like, good. They stuck around for me at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, and we also have improv from Go Get Rich or GGR. Uh, we'll have a PowerPoint presentation on Magic the Gathering from J.R. Crone. <laughs> that should be very fun. Um, another five-minute thing from someone who plays Magic. I still have to book that. And a headliner that I also need to book. Um, uh, Night Coffee may end up being the headliner. There's a pretty good chance of that, too. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and improv from Sweet Dalai Lama, too. So that's August 7th, 7 p.m., Clubhouse Main Stage. Woo! <laughs> Exciting. Awesome. Yeah, it should be fun and and then uh you know that'll that'll be that'll be it until um all my next shows Whew. Um, i've never yeah, played I mean, magic so. yeah i i've never played it either i maybe played it once uh i collected the cards but i never played oh interesting i knew a lot of people who played when i worked at sonic like half my half the crew there played magic for some reason so i was always around when they were playing but that's never. amazing <laughs> I might have played once actually they probably tried to teach me and then I was like oh this is a lot <laughs> yeah I was truly the same way I was like this is so much I just want to keep collecting the cards yeah yeah that seems like the most fun part anyway yeah that's true um so audience give us a five-star rating if you would like it's really easy you just press the little star button on the five of the five stars of the stars and then it goes, got it, week five. And I I try doing it every so often on my same podcast. And it's like, great, we got it. But in reality, what it's saying is because you've already done this, it's not <laughs> going to count again. So that's why we need people like you to do that for us so that it counts again on unique devices. Yes. Um, and please leave a review and subscribe. And if you leave a five-star review, we will read it on the air and it will be a delight Yes, leave us a review, please. <laughs> please and thank you. Uh, special thanks to our editor, Bree Jones. Thank you, Bree. Yeah. And thank you, audience, so much for listening to You Need to See This. Excusez-moi. Parlez-vous anglais? No. Oh, um, je cherche ma tante Martha. Uh, apartment six. Mm. And ne répond pas. Et uh, je suis worried.